Oh, I could listen to that all day long. J.G. Johnson on trombone was considered a master of the instrument with Bag's Groove. Uh, Matt Adley is on cornet. Tommy Flanagan is on piano. Uh, we have uh, Wilmer Little, sorry, I can't even read my own writing, <laughs> is on bass. And Albert Heath, one of the Heath brothers on drums. This was recorded in guess what year? 1958. See? When you do a thing well, it lasts. This is Lead Stories. I'm Patrice Lead. And what are we talking about today? Well, we're asking you to do your analytical thing today. And that is analyzing the weekend. Uh, we have a lot to get out of it. And I'm going to ask you some questions. If I could find my book, it would be really good. It would be excellent if I could do that. So uh, here it is. Um, as you know, a delegation from the United States headed up by Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, uh, made a trek over to Ukraine and to Poland over the weekend to confirm and stress and repeat the, the confirmation and the stress that the United States was firmly in the corner of Ukraine and uh, absolutely committed to giving Ukraine all its support especially in this time when it is facing uh, many challenges uh, having to do with uh, the, well, what do I say? Ukraine is going through a metamorphosis and it is pretty violent because at the other end of the stick is the Russia, the former Soviet Union, <laughs> now Russia, reborn as Russia again. And it has declared war on Ukraine. And Ukraine had been begging and pleading for support all over the world. And really, it became apparent that people were not willing to get involved in this. Countries maintained a, a, a distance, a neutrality in the face of uh, chaos. Um, it fell to the United States, or the Biden administration has decided that it will step forward in a very decisive way to the aid of Ukraine. And it is in that regard that Nancy Pelosi and a whole bunch of uh, people who are high-level officials in the Biden administration uh, 
boarded a plane over the weekend for an unannounced visit to Ukraine. And there they pledged, especially Pelosi pledged, support, uh, U.S. support in this war for Ukraine. The task we have today, and I'd like you to consider taking it on, is to discuss the significance of Pelosi's visit. And what would, should we take away from that? I know it's, some things are plain to see, you think. Uh, you know, the, it, it's been covered ad infinitum by the major media. It has gotten a lot of uh, play. Um, but it doesn't quite tell us what the story is or what's the story behind the story. And that's where you come in. You will tell us today the significance of this trip and what do you relate it to, what do you think will come out of it, and why. 888-874-4888 is the number to call to get on the air and offer your perspective on it. Remember, we, we, we can't deny the obvious. There's a bunch of people who went on a plane and uh, went to Ukraine. And uh, they had high-level talks, the exact nature of which we don't know. But generally, we can surmise that it had to do with uh, the current situation and the situation still unfolding. And beyond that, it was to emphasize for the world to see that the United States committed again, because it had done so on a couple of occasions before, committed again to supporting Ukraine. That is to say, it committed again to its opposition to Russia. What do you make of this? What was significant about this trip? And what should we be watching for coming out of it? 888-874-4888. Henry from Chicago, you're up first. Tell us what you're thinking. Greetings, you, Therese. Uh, hope you had a great Greetings. weekend. <laughs> uh, hanging in. Uh, hanging in. Okay. You're just like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when I, saw, when I saw the Pelosi trip to Ukraine this morning, and I'm not sure if the local media just kind of slipped this out, but they said that, you know, Pelosi was the uh, – they, they were describing Pelosi as – uh, the next successor to the presidency. And I was like, what are they talking about? Now, I understand what her hierarchy is in, in you know, in, in, as far as succession, because she's the third person uh, behind She's the third, not the second. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that made me think about, you know, uh, Kamala Harris and that 
they, the, the Democrats typically have no faith in her. And I don't know if it's the Democrats or if it's just Joe Biden. But it seems like they're kind of uh, this this little trip. I, I kind of see some dissension amongst the ranks of the Democrats when it when you regard to uh, um, Kamala Harris. So that's what I kind of took out of that. Uh, that that she. What is the significance of it, though? What is the significance? You're talking about Kamala Harris, and it's. A fantastic point, but what about it? Well, I guess I guess when you're talking about uh, um, Pelosi visiting Ukraine, um, you know, Biden last week just asked for thirty-three million dollars, thirty-three billion dollars, billion uh, Congress more, yeah, more. <laughs> Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, billion dollars uh, from Congress, and apparently it's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to go through. Um, there, there seems like there's no dissension amongst uh, the ranks of congressmen and senators that they're not going to approve it. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this was all kind of like an advertisement for that bill to be, you know, passed through and to give. President Zelensky assurances that I guess whatever money he's supposed to be expecting is coming his way. Yes, but I don't want you to stray from the point that you made. I want you to finish it because it is it was a striking observation. Yeah, you referring to Kamala Harris? Okay. Yes. You know, I and maybe maybe I might not do it in this session. Uh, but I, I just I just feel like there is some sort of complex rel- I, I wouldn't even say complex relationship with with uh, with this party, but they, they just there's just some there's just some non uh, I don't know. It just said they don't have no faith in Kamala Harris to 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 be, you know to be a success you know to be the successor of you know, of, of Joe Biden. and Well, I, to be thinking- honest, Kamala Harris has been afflicted with COVID. And that's why, presumably, she was not on this trip. Yeah, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, yeah, she, she was diagnosed with COVID. But um, on a point, I just want you to finish it. I just want you to... Get to the point. You're, you're on it. But tell us the significance of the point that you're raising. Kamala Harris. I, I guess for me is that she is, I mean, she's, she's really not, I mean, technically she's supposed to be the second most powerful person in the legislature, but they're not treating her as such. Okay. I mean, I, so I, don't know. I mean, get the feeling. I don't think I hit the point, but. <laughs> so your question is, is Kamala Harris, has she been sidelined under the guise that she has COVID and cannot 
participate in this process. That's a good question. I, now, now that you now that you mentioned that and you reminded me, I now that I, I I'm thinking about it even more. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to yeah. start it. That's the main thing, and you got to start it on a very, very good point. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Henry. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Jay from Maryland, you're on the air. What was significant about this? unannounced trip to Ukraine and to Poland. Thank you, Eutrice, and good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, just first, very quickly, I, I didn't have a chance, but I want to congratulate Henry on his presentation from a couple of weeks ago. I, I thought that was just outstanding. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Henry. Um, Thank you. Regarding... Your question today, today's question about uh, Nancy Pelosi's trip. Um, I think it's important to remember Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. She is the one that sets the congressional agenda for the House. And under the Constitution, it is the Congress who has the power of the purse. And so I think this trip is really designed for her to go and continue to fluff the story about the legitimacy of these operations and the funding that is continuing to flow to Ukraine. So that as these things come through the Congress, the Congress now has an excuse, a reason why this funding is necessary, and they will proceed forward. Regarding Kamala Harris, constitutionally, Kamala Harris's only congressional duty is to be the president of the Senate and to break a tie in the event of a 50-50 vote in the Senate. The vice president has no duties in the House. And that should be clear when, when discussing Kamala Harris as to whether or not she should or shouldn't be on this trip. This was a delegation from the House, not the Senate. Well, this wasn't just the House, because we had Secretary of Defense along. We had the Secretary of State also on the plane. Yes, but they're, they're cabinet members. They're not part of the Congress. No, they're not. So that's all I have. That's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good assessment. But you're not telling us the significance of what you have just defined. You, you defined it very well. You're right on point. But what, in your view, is the significance of what you have said? It's the money. With regard to this trip. It's the money. money. She will be signing off for the Congress for all of the votes that will be coming up for the additional funds to be going to the Ukraine. It's the money. Is that it? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. But I think you could have gone a little bit further, though. I think you could have, you were close. But 
you've made a substantial point, and thank you very much for that. Somebody thank else you. could embellish that. Thank you. Brother Dave from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Uh, yes, good afternoon all, and uh, I'd just like to give my perspective. First of all, I think uh, the important thing for everyone to uh, know at the beginning is that uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, doesn't work for the people. Nancy Pelosi is the uh, head Democrat that sets the agenda in the Congress, and she works for that ruling elite that run things, the corporate elite and the ruling class that runs things in this country. And uh, she's going to do things that are in their benefit. And it is to their benefit to get these uh, many tens of billions of dollars into their coffers uh, with all the weapons of war that they make and uh, all the goodies that they will get as a result of getting your tax money to go towards the Ukraine war. So that's the first thing. And then we have to understand that uh, the situation is such that uh, what we have in Ukraine, uh, we have to get the population to the point where they kind of go along with that. So uh, everything that can be done to uh, justify taking tax money and spending it in warfare in Ukraine rather than negotiation to really solve the problem uh, uh, will be understood by most people. And uh, as, uh, you know, uh, Norm Chomsky would say, you got to get the consent of the people to go along with the okie-doke. So uh, that's the main thing. Nancy Pelosi works for the ruling class and their interests and not for the mass of people in this country. And uh, this is a good public relations thing. Uh, it is, has to do with propaganda. We see it all over the press and uh, media and everything. And uh, last night, as of, I, I even looked at television. I don't look at it very often, and I could see all the propaganda, all the destruction in Ukraine and whatnot. Uh, we've never seen that before when it uh, senses around what America did in Iraq or uh, Afghanistan or, or uh, you know, Syria, and certainly not in uh, Libya. So they're getting the minds of the people in order so they can be supportive of uh, the ruling class uh, uh, structure to uh, get the benefit of those multiple trillions of dollars, no, billions, I'd say, at this point, 
to go into their coffers at the expense of the people and uh, maybe uh, give the people a little more austerity, which is what they really want to do, but get the support of the people. You see it on the newspapers and uh, you see it in magazines. Uh, I, I saw a puff piece in a certain, I don't even want to mention the name of this lousy magazine, a puff piece on uh, Zelensky. So they're getting the minds of the people set up to continue warfare instead of uh, thinking about peace and negotiations to end this struggle that originally started by the Americans doing what they did to overthrow the government of Ukraine in the uh, 2014 and before that and the activities of the CIA and uh, the military and uh, all the forces that uh, make money for war and uh, war is something that makes them money and makes them happy and uh, that's what Nancy Pelosi is doing. That is what's going on as I see it. Do you uh, Henry introduced the idea that he was concerned about the absence of Kamala Harris, who was not even mentioned in all of the uh, formalities that occurred over the weekend. Does that bother you? Uh, well, not really. Not really. Uh, uh, that's uh, sad that she has the COVID and whatnot. And I, I don't think that is a, a significant thing at this point, especially being she has uh, uh, this uh, disease. But I think the important thing is to get the minds of the people in the frame to get them to support wasting all these billions and billions of taxpayer money to, to give for warfare against Russia and even taking the chance of a possible <coughs> nuclear confrontation. I mean, this is, is very dangerous. So, uh, you know, that's what uh, is going on. Pamela Harris, the, the most important thing that people have to remember, and they, ne- they never talk about this in the media, Pamela Harris does not work for us, the people. She works for the ruling class, period. And uh, it's very important for people to understand that. So she's going to do what they want, and they're going to make, oh, huge amounts of money from this and whatnot. And uh, they're not really concerned with the danger of getting into a possible nuclear confrontation. I mean, they're they're about money. Did it strike you as odd or unusual that this was a decidedly democratic trip? Um, Well, I think uh, in this particular case, 
uh, they figure they they can get make some points. You know, uh, you know they're going to click a couple field goals and uh, you know and uh, maybe even uh, run a touchdown. You know, this they're making points <laughs> on this, and uh, I, I think that they're probably uh, doing that uh, uh, for political reasons. Uh, and uh, their side of the one party that we have in this country. We live in a one-party state with two divisions. And uh, so they're making some points for their their side of that one party. You know, uh, you get the Democrats and you get the little set, uh, uh, State Department guy and the other, uh, you know, black guy that's the head of the Army and the military and, you know, do that. And, boy, you uh, People are, uh, are really impressed with uh, that because mm-hmm. you're softening the people up for them to go along without, uh, you know, much protest against this type of war. You're sal- sal- uh, you know, uh, silencing people who come out against uh, any uh, discontinuous of this behavior. You're you're escalating. You have the uh, your, your troops over there. They shouldn't be in Europe at all. Training the Ukrainians. You're doing all all of these things. So you got to get the the public ready for this. You you don't want them protesting. You want to silence them uh, about what you're doing and getting their support. You got to. You know, rev, rev up the machine uh, to make the people go along with this very foolish uh, thing that the government, the United States government, has done by doing what it has done in the last few years: the overthrowing of the government and the, trying to put uh, uh, Ukraine into NATO and uh, doing uh, what they. Uh, planning to do with putting uh, missiles on the border of Russia, <laughs> you know. So uh, you you got to get the public to go along with that, you know. And yeah, you know, what they're doing that very well. <laughs> so that's just amazing. People ought to get it. They ought to think about the fact that you've never seen any 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 time when they put on television, for example or what the Americans have done to Afghanistan or Iraq, and they have probably done a lot more after 20 years of being over there than the Russians have done in a short few weeks. So, But you never see that. So this is what we have. And so this is a mind game, and getting the minds of the uh, the little people, that's, that's the mass of us, as the one percenters make all the money that goes into their pocket, not into ours. And that is why uh, there's nobody to do the social and economic things that benefit the masses of people that live in the country. Well, thank you very much. I see you didn't miss a thing. <laughs> you were right on point. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Marcus from Wisconsin, you're on the air. What is the significance of this trip, you think? Well, 
uh, I think significance is kind of a highfalutin word for. The... <laughs> I'm, I'm being highfalutin. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was this all about? Well, whenever um, we have one of our Congress people or somebody from the cabinet or administration turn up in a war zone, it's it's always for U.S. consumption. Uh, nobody, you know, when they talk about the Ukrainian people, look, it's a very divided society. Half of them are sympathetic to Russia. It's, it's a very politically, ethnically mixed area. So they have to deal in this kind of shorthand. And uh, so these trips are always for U.S. consumption to make it look like there are responsible, prudent actors on the scene. And, you know, they're going to talk tough because that's just a reflex for the U.S. And you can tell that they took this trip seriously. Uh, the reports are that uh, uh, uh Senator Pelosi was reasonably sober for almost an well, actually she is uh, just just interrupting she is not a senator she's a member of Congress actually uh, that's right sorry my, my mistake uh, but uh, uh, apparently she was on her very best behavior and there was a contingent of uh, Democrats along the largest contingent there were seven or eight of them. Uh, but there were a couple of uh, Republicans along who managed to take the floor for a while to add something to the show. Um, Adam Kinzinger uh, publicly whooped for sending U.S. troops to Ukraine. I, I think I may have mentioned something about uh, the changes in selective service uh, a, a while back with you. And uh, the Republican Michael McCall uh, raised the prospect of nuclear engagement with Russia, uh, which I think I also brought up with you a while back. Um, and, uh, of course, the U.S. can do absolutely nothing about what Russia is doing in Ukraine, short of a nuclear conflict, which would be politically a Hail Mary for the U.S. Um, uh, I think your last caller, Sir David, is uh, basically right. This, this is about... Um, Keeping the arms flow going, the profits in the armaments-connected uh, industries are soaring out of sight. Um, it, this is the usual Pentagon scam, which is what the Pentagon was invented for. Um, Austin, uh, uh, Lloyd Austin, who, I I'm sorry, just doesn't appear to be very bright to me, was in Ukraine a little while back, I don't know, a week or so. That's the Secretary of he, Defense. Yeah, Secretary of Defense. And he actually said out loud that the goal of U.S. policy is to weaken Russia. That's what this yes. is all about. It has really nothing to do with Ukraine. Uh, if you look at the military situation, 
sending weapons, you know, billions of dollars of weapons to Ukraine is not going to do a thing except enrich arms manufacturers, because if you look at the military configuration, Ukraine's problem is not they don't have enough weapons. It's that the troops they do have, Russia has trapped them. They've encircled them in a, in a pincer movement. Uh, the, the whole idea of all of this, it's just not based in any kind of fact on the ground at all. The, the purpose of these things is always a dose of the Viagra of patriotism for the U.S. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm going to go easy on me here. The Viagra yeah. of patriotism. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. Uh, because, you know, as I said, the, the idea that we are going to engage uh, with troops on the ground against and an, a, a military as professional as Russia's. To anybody who knows anything about it, the whole prospect is insane. Look, the U.S. military has been geared for the last 25 years to kick down to doors in Fallujah and kill civilians. They, they are simply, the U.S. is, for all the money you spend uh, on the military, which is where about 80% of tax revenue goes, uh, they're not equipped to do anything to face Russia in a real way short of starting a nuclear war. That, that's it. That's, that's all the U.S. has left. Uh, we have... Uh, disengaged ourselves from any traditional, you know, World War II-style strategy. Um, for so many decades, you can't just snap your fingers and put all that back in place. It's silly. The, the entire era of U.S. hegemony is over. Get over it. Look, China has announced that they are going to basically back Russia in everything they do in Ukraine. And Russia has, in turn, announced publicly that they are going to back um, uh, China if the U.S. threatens them on Taiwan. Look, I'm sorry, we're on the outside looking in in this stuff. And, the, of course, the U.S. can't say that. We have to whoop for war and pretend we're still the hegemon, and we can push everybody around. It's, it's a complete fantasy. What we have is an intellectual no-fly zone in the United States. People simply aren't allowed to discuss these things in a real way, except in uh, marginal uh, applications like your program. Uh, I, I mean, anybody who brings this stuff up on social media, from what I understand, gets shut down and deplatformed and, you know, erased. They're down the memory hole. It's beyond Orwellian. This, this, is, this is Franz Kafka. This is Kafkaesque. This is the trial. They don't explain anything. 
they don't have to. You see, uh, I mean, the uh, the idea that we have to rely on uh, any kind of rule of law. I mean, anybody that hears that phrase come out of a U.S. politician's mouth should roll on the floor in laughter and then get up and, and assail them with derision because it's foolishness. That's not what we have. Uh, if you want to know who rules the country, just do a, a thought experiment. Can you imagine the U.S. government saying no to the central banker about anything. Can, can you imagine it? It's, it's not even thinkable. But the central bank says no to the U.S. government all the time. So who's the source of power? It's not the U.S. government. I mean, Pelosi, Biden, Harris. I mean, these people, these people could, could, they can barely talk. They can't even communicate lucidly, much less make any decisions. The people that have been in charge, at least since the Bush administration, are cronies. They aren't experts. They really don't know things. And this is obviously true in public health all the way down the line. You are, are run by a coterie of rich psychopaths who have hired cronies for the last 35 years to run the show. And you're seeing how well they do it. Connect the dots. That, that's all. I mean, come on. Let's, let's get... Where do you go? Where does, this, where does the country go from this point, you think? What could it possibly accomplish? Well, uh, number one, when you say the country, the, the people who run the United States do not see nation states. They, they don't see the country. That, that's a propaganda trope to keep the public quiescent and off their backs and out of their hair. You see, what they see are markets and power centers. That's it. That's all. They don't care about the country. If you do, you know, if, if you take your citizenship seriously and you actually have some interest in protecting your neighbor and your family, well, you better get busy because these people don't care about that. And they haven't for a very long time, you know. The immense wealth of the Bush family and the Clinton Foundation and the Gates Foundation and all these people are all connected. They're all invested in each other. These are the people that rule, not the government. They don't think in terms like this at all. I mean, I, I think we have to start to realize what the actual lay of the land is so that we aren't continually trying to play out a scenario that hasn't been practical for 35 years now. That's, that's mm. really my answer. Well, that's a very good answer. It's an excellent answer. And I thank you for contributing it today. 
Thank you very much. 888, you're welcome. 888-874-4888. We'll take a short break and come right back to your observations right after this. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm your Therese Lead. We're talking about what came out of this grand performance over the weekend of a plane load of U.S. officials, including the highest elected officials, except for the president, of course, he didn't go, uh, and the trip to Ukraine and to Poland and to talk face-to-face with people making decisions there in this time of war. What is it that came out of it for you? What was the significance of all of the hoopla. Frank from D.C., you're on the air. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, I didn't uh, read about or, or listen to anything about uh, this, this meeting that took place in Ukraine, but uh, it would seem to me to be a, a dog and pony show, as you know, it's been brought up by the previous caller. And um, I, I think they need to inspire trust uh, somehow uh, in the, with the Ukrainians, <laughs> even though if they look at what we've been doing for the last how many, you know, wars and whatnot, uh, uh, destabilizing uh, Vietnam, you know, the, the, the rice bowl of Asia. I, mean, we, I think we wanted to, you know, put, put that in, 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 in perspective because Ukraine is also a grain belt uh, in the heartlands. And, uh, uh, I think it would be to our it would be in our interest to destabilize that, you know, because the a lot of issues that we were, we were fighting over since World War One have not been resolved, and there's still you know, and it's never over until it's over. Yogiism, uh, and uh, so I think they need to you know, they want they uh, like this like the other caller said they want to destabilize Russia. And and I'm wondering if if this had not if this had not occurred, if, if this war had not occurred, you know, Russia and Ukraine would be getting along. You know, they want to do business, and and I think Putin probably just wants to grow uh, the economies, uh, you know, in in uh, in Eurasia. I mean, I, I think that's that's his interest. I don't I don't think he's looking to 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 reaffirm, you know, to re- recreate the Soviet Union. That's gone. You know. That's gone. So uh, uh, I, I think, you know, that people should be thinking more in terms of what Halifer McKinder said back in 1904, you know, and uh, about the world island and about, uh, you know, the, outs- the outside periphery islands, you know, which, which America is one of them. So, uh, so how, how will this trip, be mined, M-I-N-E-D, by the participants uh, with regard to uh, our interest in it. Yeah, I I guess they're they're trying to show that America supposedly is standing up for for other people's rights. But, you know, it's like Orwell said, war is peace, you know, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. 
I mean, it, it, it fits into that to that uh, that paradigm. I think mm. you know. Uh, what what did you get personally out of this trip? Um, by I, I, I didn't get anything. I, I wasn't paying any attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you didn't get anything. I mean, it's it's a dog and pony show. And wow. and and like and like your what one of the other callers said, you know, uh, these people do not work for the U.S. There is no U.S. government. That's the other dog. That's another dog and pony show. You know, it's it's been corporate run for for a long time, and now because there are more t- seats at the at this table, you know, and and they're and I guess they also feel that they can be up front now. They don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be in the shadows anymore. I guess they feel they've really got this, you know, under control. Wow! So th- does you know, that scare you? Can... Does it scare you that that's the the incredible uh, change that well, has occurred? Y- yeah, because I'm, I'm, I think it, to me it, it's almost like a, a three dimensional game of chess. What they're, what they're, what's going on, and it's really hard to see. You know, I mean, I guess depending upon um, your your vantage point. What is the end game in all of this? Is it all about you know di- you know digitizing the you know everyone and 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 everything, or or what is it? Because I don't think it's about it has nothing to do with freedom and democracy. <laughs> wow, are you a jaded American? No, no, not a bit. Okay. I I I, th- I think. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, this is a great country. The, the American people are great people. It's just, you know, who is running the show? And, and is it being run in our interest? And, and I think to be, your other callers have said it. You know, it's, it's you know, there's, a, there's another agenda that, that we're just being pulled along with. And, and we're, you know, we're hypnotized. You know, I think one of the funniest jokes, if you remember um, the movie Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yes. Okay, I mean that's. I mean, you know, I think that's part of what's going on. You know, people are hypnotized. You know, by by uh, by the media, and 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 then you know, and then the agenda can can just continue. So uh, you know, maybe people need to be stop stop watching TV. You know, stop reading the. So if you could walk us through, okay, so they're back. And now Biden has to pick up from where they left off before they went. Uh, what do you expect the agenda to be? <sighs> That's anyone's guess. I don't. I don't know because because I I don't think it's 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 not Biden's agenda anyway. Biden's a, he's a talking head. Basically, he's a talking head like 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 all the other presidents have been, you know. And and maybe some of them have been been more players than others. You know, Clinton. You know, but um, and Bush, for instance, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it remains to be seen, I guess. And mm. and and I'm, you know, and I'm concerned, and I'm also wondering what is Putin's real role in all of this? Is Putin part of this? Is this is this just three dimensional chess, and people just don't really see? You know the real motive behind this war. I mean, it, it, it was just all was just agreed upon that we're going to do this, or or you know, or is Putin fighting really? Is he trying to fight back our system? 
Is it, is it, is it, you know, our billionaires against their, these other billionaires, their interests, but, you know, like, like Rockefeller against Krupp in the second war. Do you believe that Putin is, something is happening to him? Is he deteriorating, you think? Or is he getting more and more enamored of his power? You know, but but I I have no idea. There's one thing I don't think the American public consider when they think about Putin is that Putin has been in control. He's been the leader of Russia for, for years, for like, what, 15 years? You know, Biden's been in the office for two years. You know, and and then there, then there's going to be then there's going to be somebody else. So the uh, the continuity, you know, ha, ha, it's really difficult for other countries to trust us because it's always it's it's always changing here. You know, Republican Democrat, you know, it's two sides of the same coin. You know, um, so uh, but I don't know. I, I just well, you, you gave know, us some, really... you gave us quite a lot to think about today. Thank you very much for contributing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, Go ahead. Finish. It sounded like he had more to say. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. Hey, good afternoon, Patrice. How are you? Okay, Ed. How are you doing? You know me and the songs. Hanging, <laughs> hanging hard, hanging long. You know what I mean? That's it. Uh, That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'll pertain to your question. I, you know, I mean, the thing that bothered me the most about this other than the fact that this wholesale uh, throwing America's hat in the ring with this potentially uh, deadly situation, is the, the, the total, the total uh, uh, omission of the vice president. I understand she's suffering with COVID, which, to be honest with you, I don't know how sincere or true that is, seeing as how she's been treated like a redheaded stepchild throughout this administration. But it's just the total Democratic usurping of her, and they're throwing all of their political cachet into this. You know, I mean, they're try- I think they're trying to score a home run for the midterm election, which uh, right now looks like they'll be totally wiped out in the House. So th- this whole thing, is, it, it, to me, it's a political theater show. And... Uh, it's a deadly show because even though I think global thermonuclear war is pretty much out of the question, limited range tactical nuclear weapons are not above either side with, with, with using and the damage that it could do to the environment on the whole and, 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 and uh, the possibility of other nations' future conflicts using these tactical nuclear weapons and and the, uh, the the outcome that that could have, that troubles me. But, but yeah, I think, you know, how could you just write out your vice president? How could you just uh, proceed with this course of action without any type of uh, dissenting voice, without any type of opposing view? Your whole cabinet, your whole, you know, this is, this is a dangerous game that they're playing. And it's, and it's well, supposedly, of course, she's still coping with the uh, COVID that she has been affected with, and she hasn't indicated that she is getting much better. 
Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I mean, you know, uh, to, to me, personally, I think she's been totally disrespected. I think she was used to win an election, and I think that she's totally being disrespected under this administration. I mean, this, that's my personal view. I don't know how but, I can But, you know, Nancy Pelosi is a female, and she has <laughs> been in, in Congress for a long time, and she has accrued a great deal of power. So what's your problem? Nancy Pelosi is a goat. <laughs> she's, a, she's a political hack. I mean, this is the, with the House, this is just an attempt to show strength the American people, so they can keep, so they can keep a, a, a relative majority, because uh, uh, as it stands now, according to polls, they're going to get creamed in the midterm by, by, by the Republicans, which is how it usually goes when the Democrats win the executive, the next election, the uh, the, the opposing team of the same coin wins the House or the Senate. That's how it usually breaks down, and they're just trying to do something now. That is politic, quote unquote, politically correct and popular to make themselves look good. But all I'm saying is this is this is not to me. This is not the action to do that with. There's too much at stake, and uh, things could get ugly very fast. So quickly, if you can, what do you see in the immediate future when you know this whole thing is looked at in greater detail? Their trip. Well, I, I see it as a political stunt and, and an affirmation of the war hawkishness of the, of the Democratic Party to appeal to that percentage of the American population that will vote against them, trying to give them like a a, 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 a field goal or a touchdown, as David was saying. You know, it, it's a political stunt. It's, hey, look, we're tough. We're going up against Putin. We're, we're back in uh, we're, we're back in Zelensky 100 percent. And we're, we're, we're on the right side of history. But, you know, in retrospect, y'all started this. So how can you be on the right side of history? Everybody's got a dirty shirt in this one. And, uh, you know, you got to pay close attention to how this thing is playing out. And like I said before, the, I've been in that theater, and I know there are individuals in that theater that are capable of using technical nuclear weapons and, with high radiation yields in in and and low and low uh low casual low low building casualties as far as property is concerned and they can make it justifiable and when that when that genie's out the bottle forget about it there's no point in that well we have to leave it there for today thank you all for contributing your very considered your opinions and i'm sure we we're not done with this I'm sure we'll come back to it. We'll see each other tomorrow and talk some more. Bye-bye.